Hello and welcome to The Last Looks Podcast, a show where we catch up with talented hairstylists and makeup artists in the film and television industry. We'll pick their super creative brains and find out all the good stuff. Join me, your host, Jamie Lee, in finding out what's what in the hair and makeup departments around the world. And now, a word from our sponsor. Welcome to the Last Looks Podcast, Sammy. Thanks for having me, Jamie Lee. I'm delighted to be a part of your podcast. That's awesome. Now, Hask is the number one brand used behind the scenes in Hollywood, and the hairstylist set bags are what everyone's talking about. So let's dive into a conversation about Hask and set bags. Absolutely. We originally created the Hask Stylist Support Program to help professional hairstylists, just like you, do your job more effectively. We actually love being able to lend a hand by providing the Hollywood styling community with what's needed to treat their actors and actresses' hair, all while addressing each specific hair care need. So we found that after forming relationships with stylists and via many conversations, we grew a deeper understanding and appreciation for all that goes into a day on set. We then realized that a stylist's needs go beyond just hair care products. For example, how the stylists are to carry their essentials across a production set. And it ain't easy if you don't have the right bag. That's when we created the now, quote unquote, stylist staple clear house set bag. Yeah, I see them in action daily. They're great. Oh, that's so awesome. I mean, we love that they're getting the recognition that we'd hoped for. We even get requests from stylists asking for a few extras for their friends in and out of the industry. But that's on the DL. You didn't hear it from me. <laughs> and just to reiterate on the brand itself, we wanted listeners to know that Haas creates products that are guaranteed to give you good hair days on set and off. So we are a problem solution, clean ingredient, cruelty-free hair care brand that offers a wide variety of collections for every hair type at prices that won't break the bank. It's certainly good to know for those conscious about ingredients and all the animal lovers out there like myself. For sure. I mean, clean ingredients are very important to us and testing on animals is a big no-no in our book. So funny enough, we found that hairstylists have developed their own take on what has faves they need in their set bag every day. And thankfully, we've built this relationship with stylists where they can trust us and trust our products to work through long days on set when creating camera ready hair looks and looking to help correct any last minute issues that come into play. So we were going to share with you today the must-haves. So I'll start with our Haas Dry Shampoos. These are definitely a staple in every hairstylist set bag on set and off. Four different varieties are available. Each is formulated with a lightweight, ultra-fine rice starch for long-lasting oil absorption. Getting quick, easy texture is also a really great benefit. So I'll start with the Haas Charcoal Purifying Dry Shampoo, infused with charcoal powder and with a botanical citrusy scent. It allows you to rid your scalp of excess oil and add texture to the hair. So we like to say that you can skip a wash or extend the life of your current style with the super lightweight formula. It eliminates odors and leaves second-day hair soft and clean. Then we have our Haas Chia Seed Volumizing Dry Shampoo. It's infused with chia seed and has a floral tea scent. This product actually transforms hair from lifeless to voluminous. Oil, sweat, odor, completely removed. So it leaves your hair big, bouncy, and super clean, which is great. Yes. Then we have Haas Minoy Coconut Dry Shampoo. 
which uh, is coconut infused with a beachy coconutty scent. And you can extend the life of your style by removing excess oil with this line, leaving your hair fresh, vibrant, and super clean. And then last but not least, we have our Biotin Thickening Dry Shampoo. So what we like to say is if you're looking for a boost, you'll find it right here with this product. Infused with biotin, collagen, and coffee, it acts super quick to soak up oil and provides a thicker, fuller look with insane texture. Nice. My personal fave is the charcoal purifying. Yeah, I love that one too. The scent actually gives you major fresh vibes so you can use it year round. And it's also great because the white residue is basically non-existent. So no matter your hair color, the product will never show. Absolutely. Sammy, thank you and Husk for being part of the podcast today. Jamie Lee, it was a pleasure. And let me leave you and your listeners in the trade industry with this. The Husk brand definitely welcomes the opportunity to continue building our relationship with television and film styling communities. So if we can support a project you're working on, please send us an email at hask at stonemanagement.net and we'd be happy to help. That's awesome, Sammy. Thank you. Of course. I had a blast. And now our feature presentation. Today, I'm speaking with two amazing hairstylists, Gloria Kasney and Jules Holdren. Gloria and Jules have worked on multiple films together. We chat about what it is to be a head of department, but also the importance of knowing your role as an assistant department head. They let us in on some of the challenges they have faced together as a team and how great it is working together. Pictures up. Last looks. Rolling. And action. Welcome to the Last Looks podcast, ladies. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Gloria, you should always go first. How's that? <laughs> no, Jules, let's do this really different, and you go first. <laughs> no, 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 no. You go first, and I will follow. And that's our hour, folks. <laughs> that's how it's done in the trailers. I follow. She goes first. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie Lee, for having us. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> you guys are hilarious. Okay. Gloria and Jules, you're both hairstylists of Local 706, and you have worked together on multiple films. Can you tell me how you first met and what was the project you were working on? I would be first, right, Jules? <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> Always. We'll start, with, we'll start with you, Gloria. <laughs> hey. uh, Jules and I first met on The Informant in about 2008. I was working in Southern Illinois, which Jules let me know because I completely forgot where I was, what state it was <laughs> between there and Missouri. I was in a coma and uh, I needed someone local because she happened to be there visiting family, I think. And it was a desperate time to find people. So her husband worked on the show and said, oh, my wife's a hairdresser. And I'm like, she better be good. And that's how we met. Came on just to help out or be on the team full time or? She came just to help out in the beginning and she wormed her way onto the team. So what does your husband <laughs> yeah. do, Jules? My husband's a key grip. Ah, awesome. So that was just in Illinois, did you say? Yeah, it was in Illinois. Missouri and then she helped us out in LA. Now she was excellent. She came in and, and helped us and she fit right in and she kind of like uh, took charge of background because she was the, one of the people that knew what she was doing. She was very good at what she did. So it was really, really helpful. That's brilliant. So Gloria, what attributes did Jules bring to that job that made you think, man, I've got to hold on to this one? Uh, she just fit right in. She j just did her thing and didn't question and didn't make 
everything very large. It was very simple. I mean, it was, it was period, but it was a strange period. It was like early nineties, which is that off Mm. kind of thing where people in that, in that area of America were still channeling the shag in the eighties, you know? So it was a strange period. She figured it out. We had research where a lot of the people, you know, the research can be right in front of you, but some people don't see it. She actually saw it and figured it out and pulled it off you know it was it was really simple I thought but obviously it wasn't for a lot of people yeah so she instantly was able to understand what you yeah were she got conveying. it she got it really quickly yeah I think when you are working with somebody having that instant shorthand of them just getting what you're after is it's amazing it is and rare <laughs> and rare yes <laughs> so yeah you held on to her <laughs> She wasn't going anywhere. And then when did you guys work together the next time? We did, you know, I kind of did a little uh, testy thing with her as like a second, just, you know, because actually when I met her, she'd only done one film. She came mm-hmm. from print and she was in a different world. So um, we did a little silly thing called Repo Chick, which was like a little short we did with Barney Berman. That was mm-hmm. fun and silly. It was really outrageous, crazy mohawk and weird stylistic hair. And we worked together really well on that. And then and then there was a reshoot for the year one. We did that. And then we did Thor reshoots. It was like, I would, it just happened to be like, I had all these reshoots in a row. So it was a perfect, you know, getting to know each other ground. And then we did Battle LA was our first full film that we did together. That's awesome. So as a head of department, Gloria, what were you looking for in a key or an assistant department head? Just someone that hard work wasn't foreign to, wasn't like Mm -hmm. I had to convince her to come to work. She was actually early. Uh, She paid attention and, and realized who had the responsibility, which I think is, I think a lot of problems when we do have problems with seconds or third or people in the trailer is they don't realize that the person that has the responsibility is me mm-hmm. you can do something insane and they're not going to say anything to you they're going to come after me so let me have the responsibility let me make the final choice because if i screw up i screwed up i take full responsibility for what i do so I think that's really important to let the department head be the department head. Absolutely. And Jules, when you have been assisting Gloria, what was important for you to remember, did you think? Like, what what did you feel your role was in that position? Well, I always feel as a key, your biggest role is to support your department head, to listen. And I have this little thing. I always carry a notebook with me, and whenever she tells me something to do, I write it down. Mm-hmm. Anything that's needed for the trailer, Anything that comes up, I actually take notes and I try to accomplish things as quickly as possible. When I'm given a task, I try to do it immediately. If I'm given three tasks, I try to do each one as quickly as possible. I also think it's important to be very aware of the trailer and what's the surroundings and what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And I I find that especially early in the mornings as well, you kind of got to read the room, don't you? (laughs) Yeah, you do. <laughs> Helpful. <laughs> I mean, that whole thing with her saying doing it right away, I mean, that's something I tried to impress. Do it now. Do everything mm. right now when you have time. Don't procrastinate because that's how you get overwhelmed. You're overwhelmed because everything's stacking up. Like the things you could have done, you know, hours ago, now suddenly you have some other emergency and those other things that you could have done hours ago aren't done either. And then you suddenly have someone overwhelmed and frantic. Yeah. And things are dropping away and not getting done. And yeah. Yeah. For no reason. Just 
relax and just do it now and then you're done. Yeah, makes total sense. (laughs) So Jules, what made Gloria the type of head of department that made you want to continue working with her? Uh Oh, Oh, it's, It's funny, when I was on my first film, Star Trek, she was on Soloist and I had heard a lot about her and we have very similar backgrounds coming from the print and commercial world. Um, I'm from Chicago. She's from Jersey. I mean, we have a lot of, you know, things that I thought might connect nicely together. And I've only heard nothing but amazing things about Gloria. So when I was on Star (laughs) Trek, I wanted to meet her. And because I didn't have any real friends in 706 yet, nobody would take me over there to introduce her. And I didn't just want to show up at her trailer on the Paramount lot and say, Hey, you know, so I mean, when that opportunity, not much longer after both of those shows ended, came up with my husband saying that he was working with her and I was coming out to visit him. I was just really excited because I had just, you know, had heard such great things. And I just thought we would we could possibly have a great connection, work well together and I could learn from her. I had no idea about any of that, by the way. I know. I don't think we've ever shared that in many of our dinners and launch <laughs> locations, but yeah. Surprise. <laughs> you can come over to the soloist anytime. <laughs> well, now you know. Oh. Yeah, geez. That's awesome. So having had that, I mean, before even meeting Gloria, having such a positive impression of her and then working with her what made her a great boss she listens she's very supportive you know in one instance i remember on battle la the producer had me cut a piece of the guy's hair in the front a little bit shorter but after i did it i mean he literally i have it my finger goes cut here and then i cut there and he says, no, 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 you cut it too short. And she jumps in immediately and says, no, no, it's fine. She's like, yeah, we're not even shooting for another three weeks, you know, and, you know, just totally calm the whole thing down, you know. And I'm just sitting there with, you know, like, oh, my God, this producer's losing his mind. And I cut where he told me to. But, no, she, she shows support. And, and she's really good at diffusing that kind of stuff. Never listen to a producer who teaches how to cut that. That was it. <laughs> That's when her, um, her tagline comes in, always listen to me, do as you're told, <laughs> and we'll get through it. <laughs> that's awesome I feel like when you do have that support system I don't know everything just works so much smoother like it's more enjoyable you have more confidence in what you're doing you feel better about your work because you have that support system right it's a team definitely earn the respect of your department head it just it's not expected you know what I mean when you work with somebody I think by the time we ended Battle LA I think Gloria knew at that point that I respected her. I, I had her back and I felt the same from her. I know how you feel, Gloria, about that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a team. It's absolutely a team effort. We, it's like pretty much us against the world. There's so many factors coming at you at one time and you have to have a strong team to carry through everything. And respect is utmost because then you have comfort and you're secure. You can say anything you need to say. You don't have to be afraid to say anything. It doesn't matter or make suggestions. It's you know, I make stupid suggestions too. I mean, sometimes Jules has better ideas. I mean, there's more than a hundred ways to do the same thing. I find mm. 
I might think that because I have been doing this 150 years that I might know to shoot the right shortcut, but it might not be the right shortcut for someone else, but I'll say, try it this way. And if they do it that way and it doesn't work for them and they figure out their method of doing it, great. Just get it done, you know. And I think as the department head too, Gloria, having that respect, it kind of stops people from undermining just you. Would you, think. And you get, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is a it is a frustrating thing that can happen. It's just like just have faith and just do what I just do what I need you to do. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm lucky, I have to say. I have not had I mean, and I think it's also paying attention to who you're who's coming into your trailer and who you're hiring, just, you know, who they are basically. I mean, you may not know them well. I mean, I, I, I have a lot of young geese that I'll bring in like as a third or I might just did a really low budget movie not that long ago. And I brought someone who was, you know, she was in the union. She's been in the union for a little while, but she definitely didn't have the experience. She had the skill, but not the experience. You know, I like to have new people and new ideas because it's good for everyone so just have to pay attention to who they are before hire them yeah absolutely and Jules now that you're doing more head of department work yourself what are you looking for in a key or an assistant department head somebody that listens and supports and is good at team building somebody who can be aware of the surroundings I think is uh, is what's really important yeah I think you and Gloria pretty much have the same same ideas there which is probably why you work so well together (laughs) it's just having like a second it was like having a second set of eyes it's like you have two heads at least you know what I mean so that you could be in two places at the same time I mean a good second you know even calling someone a second she's definitely a partner Mm. you know what I mean it's it's like she's carrying as much weight as I am you know we're just sharing the responsibilities and there's a lot going on even when we did Logan she actually did number one. She actually did Hugh because he didn't want the department head because he wanted all the attention. You know what I mean? He wanted, because it was a big deal with a lot of fighting. He was in mm. wearing a wig 99% of the time and Jules kicked ass. I mean, she had to take on that responsibility and I appreciate that. And there's nothing like, I didn't say like, oh, I'm, I'm the department head. I should be doing number one. It's like, knock yourself out, Jules. She did a great job, you know? So it's more of a partnership, I see, the first and second. Yeah. So how was that job for you, Jules? It, it was it was great. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of hard work, but it was great. And like I said, I had Gloria's support through the whole thing, you know? She helped me set up the wig and she made sure it looked always right. And, you know, so it was really, it was a good experience. I was a pain in the ass, I have to <laughs> <laughs> In what way? Come on now. Because I was very <laughs> anal. I mean, I would sit there behind you, back and point at the hair. I mean, I did, I did torture her because it was really important, you know. I mean, but it was a good, but we have a good relationship and I may stress her out sometimes. I have to, I'm admitting this now. But I trusted her. Yeah. I, I Yeah, we definitely did it kind of together but she was she did it she did it mostly by herself but I was definitely a pain in her butt well I think having another set of eyes on stuff is amazing that's a nice way well it's true though because if you are sometimes the only person paying attention well feeling like you're paying attention to it sometimes you're looking at it and you're going is it right I've looked at it too much. I need somebody else to look at this. <laughs> yeah, and that goes both ways. I mean, that goes both ways. I mean, I may mm. see something that I'm doing too and ask her like, oh. you know, you don't always love everything you do. 
you know, you don't always feel like you've done as well as you can do. And so you definitely need a second set of eyes to, to help. So it's, that works on both, both sides. Yeah, totally. And I mean, Logan was amazing. So thank well you. I'm, she did a great job on that wig. That, that wig did more dirt tumbles than you could possibly imagine. <laughs> That's awesome. How many wigs did he have? Just the one or? I think there were two main ones, Rachel, because there was another thing. We did a test. Uh, okay, there's a story. Sunday, before we started prep, um, we didn't even know he was going to wear a salt and pepper wig, by the way. Had no idea. Our, our idea was that he was going to wear a wig uh, uh, with his alter ego who uh, worked like nine days, not mm-hmm. for the main 78 days or whatever it was. So we thought he'd have his own hair for the normal Wolverine thing and then have a wig when he was his alter ego. But mm-hmm. somewhere in the night on a Sunday, the director decided that he was going to wear a salt and pepper wig. And we were shooting within two weeks, I think, something like that, Joel. Okay. Or start shooting yeah. within two weeks. Yeah. Ten so days, I, exactly. Ten days, I think. Yeah, so 10 days before we start shooting, this is decided that he's going to wear a salt and pepper wig. I happen to have been to Austin for the weekend. My husband looked at me, he goes, you got to go. I'm like, I'm going, I got to go right now. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> so I got on the plane, went to New Orleans called, um, uh, oh my God, what is the wig maker in London? Alex Rouse. Rouse. I called Alex, Alex and said, please send me every single salt and pepper men's wig that you have right now. You know, And we went through them and... Um, we picked one that was kind of like it. Con was our wig maker, who I love, Con Trance, the most mm-hmm. amazing wig yeah. maker. I brought her with us. She was with us the whole film. And um, we put one on his wig. She cut a big hole in the back and, you know, big V trying to adjust it to his head. And we put this half-ass wig that still had a kind of a big slit in the back of it for our first camera chat. It was an awful thing. And then... Um, <laughs> It was bad. Then we had to make it real. So Con worked about 24 hours a day ventilating. And the first week, she had to refront that wig and do the back. So the first week, he had a wig on that I hated. And then the good wig came. And then we made another one. So that's how that came to be. But it was really stressful. Yeah. So that first week, you were just making do kind of with what you yes, had. I asked the director, please, can we reshoot that first week? He's like, no. I know exactly what shots that wig is in. <laughs> yeah. Of course you do. You guys are probably the only ones who do. <laughs> oh, sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness and then it's pretty one game later <laughs> yeah but that's amazing being able to have Khan with you that the whole time yes. I held her hostage she had her own trailer we called it the wig shop and little Miki um Miki was we called her mini Khan. we had a young hairdresser who was learning you know she was just starting to ventilate and they punched hair too for Joel because you know they had body parts to punch hair so we had a whole factory mm-hmm. it was a wigs factory so we called it that second trailer she stayed pretty much so. the whole show. We because we also had to put hair on Patrick Stewart. Who puts hair on mm. Patrick Stewart? We did. <laughs> I did. Yeah, that looked good. I like that. That was, <laughs> that was a piece of the wig we cut out of the first wig in the beginning. Oh really? Yeah. Love it. Upcycling, another, recycling. <laughs> another no notice um, decision. It's exciting. That's amazing. <laughs> But it's that, I mean, being able to troubleshoot like that with, you know, these last minute kind of changes that happen, it's all part of it, isn't it? Yeah, people need to understand that happens a lot. I mean, we have Jules knows because she's sewn together 
my entire case of what we call Frankenstein wigs that we try to put back together and recycle again. <laughs> so you just have a stack of bits and pieces that you can. Mm-hmm. Jules does a lot of sewing. <laughs> Tell them. <laughs> I do. Awesome. I do. I love to sew those wigs back together. <laughs> like every time you see them get cut apart you're like oh yay i get to sew that back together <laughs> and she loves cutting wigs let me tell you <laughs> she has no problem <laughs> chop that off <laughs> it has to work now i'm not going to say yeah. something that's a pro that's another thing too it needs to work now it lo- needs to look on ca- good on camera now what am i going to save a beautiful full wig for if it's useless, you know? Mm, yeah. I think you once you kind of do that the first time, it, it makes it easier for all the other times you do it. You just get in there and it's like it's got to happen. Got to yeah. do it. <laughs> Scary, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but as you say, you can sew these things back together. So, <laughs> so with you guys coming up, in the industry, um, whether it be from your print, like print world or in the film industry, what one piece of advice have you guys been given that's really stuck with you? You can do that first, Joel. I guess in print, when my first film, I was asked the most important thing in a trailer is to look out for each other. A film really takes a long time. I don't think this really would work with print because print commercials, most of the time you're by yourself, you're doing a full load by yourself. But on a film, especially, there's just so much that comes down that if we don't look out for each other, you know, making sure somebody has a cup of coffee because they haven't been able to put down their iron for three hours, four hours, you know, I, I think that's probably the best piece of advice that somebody gave me is just to to be aware and look out for each other. I like that. It's I funny do that it doesn't come naturally to some people either. Do you know what it, I mean? It, do, it doesn't. <laughs> it, it's, it's amazing when you see somebody struggling, just be able to walk down there and offer them, you know, guidance or just something to make them feel better. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's something that it lacks a little bit, I've found, you know, doing film. Yeah. What about you, Gloria? I am really thinking that's why I had Jules go first without advice. (laughs) Because I I mean, I talked to Jules about this too. And honestly, I I mean, I've learned a lot from Mm -hmm. working next to people and working in background. When I did Pirates, I was thrown in there and I ran background with thousands of people coming through, thousands of heads coming through, not hairdressers, but tons of hairdressers. So I learned something every day, how I'd see somebody do something a little bit different or, you know, I learned a lot of things. I don't remember actually anyone giving me specific words of wisdom as far as advice, Mm -hmm. but I did learn a lot from working in big crowds. I loved working with a big crowd, even though at that time I was running the crowd room and I really didn't know what I was doing. I was kind of winging it. I mean, I I was naturally organized, you know, but I was still learning to be efficient and learning how other people, you know, did things. But one thing I have to say that I, I, what I was telling Jules is what I, I learned a lot what not to do also. It was pretty much trial by fire when I first started the union. It kind of bums me out because I'm I'm the same that I feel like I've learned a lot from other people's just negative behavior. You definitely pick up yeah. on that more so than the positive things because you just you see it happening and you're like I'm not going to do that. Yeah, it's well, it's lessons that you should 
should learn and be aware of. Yeah. I wanted to know what are some professional ethics that are really important to you guys that you think maybe are lacking in our industry currently? Ethics. Just ethics in general they should have. You know, they should, you know, that goes along with the respect and respect for yourself. I mean, don't be, I mean, ethics, you know, it's not about physical appearance or, you know, putting your feet up on the chair, but it is. Do you know what I mean? It's just like having self-respect and taking care of yourself and, you know, just not talking shit too. It's like, you know, you don't need the actor maybe friendly, but they're not Mm -hmm. your friend. That's one line Mm -hmm. I tell people all the time. The actor is friendly, but they are not your friend. You don't need to confide in them. You don't need to tell Mm -hmm. them what you had for breakfast or they don't really care, you know? Yeah. They're there and and they need to be in their own headspace and they need to think about their lines. And so it's just basically self-respect and respecting everyone that you're working with and respecting their space, I think is a good one. Yeah. So that's good to hear. You you have advice to give. I do. I I do. Stay out of their life. (laughs) Stay out of their life. (laughs) Unless they specifically invite you to their house, which by the way, they almost never do. (laughs) (laughs) yeah don't get into the film industry because you think you're going to some celeb parties you're not going to be best (laughs) friends with your actor calm down (laughs) i think it's a good thing it just keeps things professional it's just yeah ethics is yeah that's also another thing ethic keeping it professional know that you're working and you're going to go home to your life and your family and i understand that you know, the, the, you do have a family in that trailer. You are one happy group in your family. Your family for maybe three or four months in a row. You're very, very tight knit, and that's all there is. But you're still going to go home to your real family and your real mm. life. And you have to appreciate that those are two separate things. Yeah. What about you, Jules? I guess one thing is to be on time. And she's right. Ethics, which should fall into that, you know, learn to be on time. And learning to limit your phone usage, I mean, and social media, I mean, the social media that goes on in the trailer sometimes, even though we sign NDAs and stuff like that, always blows my mind. People taking pictures of wigs and actors in wigs and and things like that. So, you know, I have to say that's my biggest pet peeve is people on their phone. There's always something to do. That's the first thing Gloria told me. Your hand should always be moving. There's always something to do during those those days in the, you know, those hours in the trailer. There's, and there is, there's always something you can do, either catching up on continuity. It doesn't even have to be your job continuity, but if it's behind, Mm -hmm. you can always give a helping hand. You know, there's always things you can do to help somebody out or to get something done that's needed. I guess that's one of, you know, just to be helpful and, and think about your surroundings, you know, be aware of what you're doing. Yeah. And if you're talking too much, your hands aren't moving. I mean, I learned that from Gloria too. If your mouth is moving, your hands aren't moving as fast. And I, you yeah, know. I love, I love to see the hands move. I want to see the hands move <laughs> because we're always, you know, they're always rushing us. No matter, I don't yeah. care what show you're on, even when I'm a personal, it doesn't matter. You think it's all poo-poo and you're going to la-di-da, but you're not. You know, mm. production is always in a hurry. They never understand. They uh, they don't. There, there are a few producers that may understand how long something takes. Usually if they, you know, sometimes I'll have directors come in the trailer and they sit down and they can actually, I see them 
acknowledging going like, oh, now she's got to do that. Oh, gosh, she's got to do, oh, this takes a minute. You know, I see sometimes some, some like a flash of a light bulb goes off thinking like, oh, that doesn't happen in seven seconds. You know, there's a lot of steps in what we do, especially if they're wearing a wig and facial hair and wrapping and, you know, there's a lot going on. So they're always rushing us. So if you are paying attention to what you're doing and work hard, you know, you keep busy and it makes the time go by a lot faster too, by the way. It helps the time go by. Yeah. I think it would be nice for a lot of producers to do that at least once, just sit in in the morning to actually see mm-hmm. what's going on. <laughs> to be like, oh, okay. Just in a corner though. Don't engage the yeah. actors. <laughs> yeah. Don't slow us down. Just... <laughs> Quietly sit there and leave them alone so you don't have to talk because they'll make them animate it because you are going to spite yourself by making them animate it because it's going to take longer and you're going to get really dirty looks for the makeup artist especially. <laughs> I know. Isn't it funny? You're always just like, no, no, you're okay. But in your mind you're like, get out of the trailer now. <laughs> Stop talking. You know, like, what did you do for the weekend? And those are the conversations, too. They're not even talking about work. They're doing the social thing. And especially, like, on a Monday, you know, they come in, you know, chatting. (laughs) Chatting and animating. (laughs) We're always like, no, no, you're okay. That's good. It's okay. (laughs) Oh, my way? No, not at all. I can't lift my left arm, but that's fine. I'll use my other one. Oh, that's amazing. So, I mean, you guys have done everything from X-Men to Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter and the Lone Ranger and Logan that you are talking about before. So tell me what have been some of the more, I guess, exciting jobs or and challenging films that you guys have done together? I feel like a few of those are probably pretty challenging films, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, every, all three of those that you mentioned were all really challenging. <laughs> the Lone Ranger had the weather, the weather um, elements. In it, one day it was snowing. The other day there was a windstorm. Then you're like, you know, hiking through sand. It's 100 degrees. I mean, where, where just, were you? Just, we were everywhere. I think we were like in seven different states. Jules helped me with where we were. Oh, wow. Yeah, we yeah. were Colorado, Arizona, New Mexico, uh, Utah. Um, we did LA and LA. I mean, yeah. I remember one scene was in three states. He went into a cave in New Mexico. He jumped out into the water in LA and he came out from under the water in Utah. And it was about a minute. So <laughs> he was in three states. And the train scene, there's a train indoor train scene with Johnny and Army that also got shot in many different other states at different times that we constantly had to match this one train scene. Yeah, it was, continuity oh ma- it was a continuity mare. So besides the weather and the continuity and, and fixing 20-inch long wig on top yeah. of a train going 40 miles an hour. And the director saying, can you keep his hair out of his face? And I asked him, if, I said, can you? I mean... <laughs> I was it's like, I'm uh, trying. I mean, I sewed his hair to his breastplate and to his back. And and then he, then he saw the, the thread. I'm like, yeah, it's thread. It's black thread on a 20-inch wig blowing. And besides the, the train going 40 miles an hour backwards, 
of course. His hair was going all in his face. It was also, there was another wind thing going on in New Mexico where it was like whipping from the sides too. So he pretty much had like a tornado of hair Mm. on top of a train, which was awesome to climb up and down on top of that train. I should get stunt pay for that one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, I definitely sewed his hair to every part of his costume and trying oh to figure goodness. out which hairs can blow and which hairs I should sew. And I did the sewing in the wind on top of the train because, of course, we couldn't go inside the train to do that because he was right. tethered up there. Um, yeah, and I wasn't tethered, but he was. <laughs> Safety <laughs> issue. Yeah, and you're not important, Gloria. Don't worry about not it. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I can show that hair to his breastplate. What the hey? Yeah. <laughs> I always love hearing. Well, I don't love it. I actually it, it drives me insane. But when you've gone in and you just you can you know most people can see that you are trying to sort something out. You, mm-hmm. There is something happening, and you're going in and you're trying to fix it. And then you get halfway through and someone's just like, yeah, can you sort that out, please? And it's just like, I've been trying. I'm in the middle of it. And I know you can see the thread right now, but I'm just going to choose a little piece of hair over top of it. Just wait a minute. And also, my hair is also blowing in my face, by the way. I needed a ponytail more than ever. But it it was just a typhoon up there. It was insane how many ways the wind was blowing on top of a train. I mean, it was just crazy. It was, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was the one time I really remember specifically. Yeah. Wind will drive you insane. I I started my um, TV film career in a city in New Zealand that is known as the Windy City. So (laughs) I understand. I was just... (laughs) And when you're like learning how, you know, with continuity and all this and someone's standing at a bus, you know, bus stop and it's just blowing a gale halfway mm-hmm. through shooting and yes. the first half of what you've done was really calm and you're like, mm-hmm. oh my God, what am I even supposed to do? Yeah. I just wonder in the editing and I've seen things edit and it's like, oh my God, they made that work because I have seen where you shoot over a shoulder and the hair is laying there and then you shoot in their face and the hair is blowing straight up in the air. I remember um, freaking out over a wig on Abraham Lincoln where he was walking and this big flap of hair on his wig just like blew straight up. And I'm like, damn it, you know, in his, in his shot. And then when they mm-hmm. did the promo for it, they did it in slow motion and it looked really cool. They actually used it. Wow. <laughs> freaking out that this big clunk of hair blew straight up, you know, like porcupine thing. But as yeah. he was walking and in slow motion they did it, it was awesome. It all looked very cool. Yeah. I mean, so you never know. So you just got to let it go. That's one thing I learned, let it go. Yeah, I think that comes with just time and experience, doesn't it? And having the confidence of knowing when to walk away, like or when to just let your mind be at ease with something, like I don't have control over this. Yes, because you have it control over almost nothing. Well, yeah. <laughs> So with the Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, what where were you guys shooting that? New Orleans. That was another crazy thing. There was a lot going on with that too. Jules, just speak a little bit about that. So I could take a break here. I thought we said talky. But yeah, there was a lot going on. There was a lot of stunts. There was a lot. Go Jules, go. Yeah, she's right. There was there was a lot of stunts, a lot of doubles. We did a really good job, I have to say, making our doubles really match the actors. But yeah, the the stunt doubles and um, the period, of course, and actors showing up two days prior, needing wigs, 
it, it was a lot of work. And thank God for those Frankenstein wigs that we had because <laughs> we yeah. pieced together a lot of things. Yeah, Dominic Cooper, remember, Dominic Cooper had um, very modern hair style that was long on top and buzzed around the edges. And we wrapped a wig mm. around him and it, it actually let, kept the top of his hair. And as his hair grew, the sides grew, and I cut back the sides two inches. Some other part grew in. He ended up having like just uh, like one little piece of the back neckline to make it look longer. So as his hair grew, I kept cutting the wig smaller and smaller <laughs> until he almost had just one little piece at the neck, at the nape. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I'd have to say majority of the actors all had wigs or hair pieces. A lot of things had to be built for all the background. It was it was a lot of work, a lot of and, and creative very creative we did a vampire ball that was just amazing yeah that was fun looked amazing yeah and and Gloria got a lot of the wigs from London and it was for the period it was just awesome we rented like 50 there was a a, the um the wedding Abraham Lincoln when he got married they Mm -hmm. did a Christmas ball and then his wedding, the Christmas ball was like 1830, which had that really high sculpted, you know, up high on top of your head look. You know, I can't, I don't know, it's the 1830s, look it up, people. Yeah. And then and then there was the 1840s, which was a completely different look than the early 30s and 1800s, where the hair was lower and at the nape. So it was completely mm-hmm. different. And we shot the wedding and the Christmas ball in the same couple of days. So I, right. I had great people that came in. I got really lucky. I had Terry Balio. I had, I had Sean. I had Camille. I mean, I had amazing people. I got really lucky that came in from L.A. to pull this ball off. And we had 50 wigs, you know, plus all the other people that didn't wear wigs. And they did the change. I mean, the change from the periods within a day. They had to change all those mm. wigs over. It, they did an amazing job. It was beautiful. That was one of the prettiest, I think, scenes I've done. What do you think, Joel? very cool. Yeah, it was pretty spectacular. Really, it really looked good. So when you're researching for something like that, what are some of your favorite sources for finding, like, inspiration? And I, you know, the internet. I mean, I have books. I buy a lot of books. You know, like, the 1800s is definitely internet and whatever I can find. But things that are, like, 60s, like when I did Mad Men, I have all, a whole crop of old vogues that even Jules used when she was doing Mad Men later. You know, mm-hmm. I have original magazines. If I could find, I have original 40s magazines. And I, I like to collect, too, like early um, beauty school books. And there's books from London that I really like that show all the old styles that go back to, I think the oldest were that kind of thing is like 50s. The original ways that they did things and the original sets. And, you know, if you can, if you can do an original set and have a a dryer or wet sets is always the best, especially with wigs. Mm. If you can do a wet set, it's not always uh, available to do that. They don't always give you time. You, you know, you usually have to do an iron and, you know, and mm. it's also good too, because people need to correctly know how to use the curling iron. So it's like a set, not everything's a crokinole curl, you know? So, you know, just tons of internet and I make books. I used to do the Apple books with the ones that open flat that have the coil sides as opposed to the hardback that I don't oh, see yeah. Apple has that on Mac anymore, but I would make a book for um, every show and distribute it to everyone. I'm big on information. The more information I can give you, the better. I do not hoard information. So if I yeah, can give anyone, I agree more. 
yeah, as many books as I can. I've even, when I did Ford versus Ferrari, there were real drivers. So I made a book of each driver. And I even, the actors were through, I even gave them to the actors that showed them their character through the time period, as many photos as I could find. And I gave it to the director too, loved it too, where I did every actor and their mm. character in the whole book and the real character. So I, so visual, especially talking to directors, they want to see pictures. It's hard to, yeah. you know, to talk to them without visual aids. It makes life so much easier. But yeah, they're not up it, with the hairstylist lingo, are they? So. <laughs> no, or even showing with the real actor, with the real character, like the drivers, like all the, the, the race car drivers in, in Ford Ferrari, oh. you know, the real drivers. I had pictures of them from from earlier 50s to later 60s. They changed a little, you know, like how people change. They changed a little, but not that much. I mean, there's not a big difference between how I wore my hair 20 years ago and how I wear my hair now. You know, yeah. in reality, people do not change their style that much. And you just need to show them, you know, that there's yeah. not that much difference. It's little nuances that are different than, you know, photos, tons of tons of research photos are really good to have. Absolutely. And I think it's also important to remember, like, if you're shooting something in the late 50s in small town America, not everybody's going to have no. the latest fashionable hairstyles so Mm -mm. you know it's it's and the age the age of your yeah like the age of your background like in the 40s a woman who's 70 years old her hair is going to be from Mm. the 30s yeah you know to just realize that but it's it's all there it's all right on your right your fingertips right in google i just never understand how you know just go and look it's very very available information is great now i mean i used to you know what i did some books and just go to library and in the library days i when i did music videos in new york i used to have to go to teller records to see what the band looked like <laughs> see what yeah, color they yeah. were because when i did makeup i didn't know what people's skin tones were until i went to you know look at their album covers i mean that's how long i've been around to see what they look like you know that's awesome i love that book idea putting books together that's amazing yeah i still and i have them and they're in my research for the lone ranger i have books for four versus four i have books for mostly everything i do i do a book of that period a book of actors like the lone ranger we had all the you know the women that were in reds you know the prostitutes and they were fun because they had tattoos and they they looked awesome some of them were great, great characters. So I found as much as I could and I made books and everybody gets the book. You know, everyone has it. Like they don't have to go to their computer. I have a rating. There's no excuse not to know what the period is. It's right in front of you. I gave you a book. I did all the research yeah. for you, you know. And do you, I mean, I enjoy researching. Absolutely. I love yeah, going it's down that amazing. Amazing what you find, and I like finding things that the that the art department doesn't have, you know, because of course they've done the art department and costumes and all those people. They, you know, they're ahead of you. They've been doing it for a year before you even come on, you know. So yeah, they probably have like three people doing it instead of yeah, they do. (laughs) Her team, and me up all night trying to find somebody's head. Or even screenshots and videos, you know, I had to find, like, again, for the to Ferrari thing for, you know, Le Mans, I found a video of that, of that specific race. And I got the most out of screenshots of people at, mm. the, at that race. So even for the videos, I did screenshots and still, and put that in the book. So I had things yeah. that they didn't have, which was awesome. Cause I like to, it's a little competitive thing. I like to see what I could find, you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> is that something? <laughs> um, Jules, is that something that you've learnt from Gloria and kind of run with as well now that you're designing and heading departments and stuff? Oh, yeah. I've learned a lot. And also, I put together books. It's one thing that I've learned many things from her. But that mm. research, putting together research is, you know, very crucial and important. Absolutely. I think it's it's really positive to hear you guys want to share information because it's so bizarre to me when I've worked under people who uh, just don't, yeah, don't communicate and don't share their vision. It's, it's hard to make somebody feel a part of the team if you don't bring them in. And I think that's yeah. what the trailer and a team feels like when everybody feels like, you know, you've included them. Yeah. I just feel like you can get more out of everybody if they know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. And you know exactly. what? If they, if they know what's going on, they can also help you with if you forgot something. If you or were not mm. like, there's a factor that you should have remembered that makes a difference between something that you do to one actor and another. You know, the relation between all the actors' characters is really important too. So, yeah. You know, like you're not doing every actor yourself. You know, other people are doing actors. But if you don't let them know where your actor is going, where everybody's actor is going, they can't judge where to bring their character, you know. And I mean, it's helpful to the actors, too, to know, like, you don't want three people with a bob, you know. (laughs) It's like you don't want to, you know, it's all collaborative. I mean, the actors need to be in on it. You need to be in on it. Every person in the trailer needs to be in on it the producers I mean every as much information as you can share is really important yeah and I agree with just the more they know the more they can help as well because I uh, there was a job I did a little while back and I like to have I like to have my calendar up on the wall so everyone can see what is happening for, you know, the next two or three weeks, whether it's fittings, what we're shooting, all that type of stuff. And I kind of got maybe about three weeks into it and I had forgotten something and I'd let that drop. And I had to just verbally say to my team, it's just like, guys, I need you guys to look at this as well. Right. (laughs) And... Don't be afraid. Yeah. Don't be afraid to just be like, Oh, JL, did you, is that, you know, can I help with any of this? Is that taken care of? Are we good? You know, just check in with me. Don't be, don't be afraid to do that because it might make me go, Oh, actually that needs to be taken care of. Thank you for the reminder. Awesome. I mean, there's so much you have to remember. And if you've got everybody, thinking about it, it makes it a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I plaster the walls with 45 ways to write things and schedules and, and some shots of the actors. And I mean, if you look at my walls on my side, actually makeup people come down to our side and read our charts, right, Jules? Yeah. Yeah. We are like the chart queen. There's like so many ways <laughs> to know what's going to shoot next and who's, which actors are coming in and, you know, what the character, you know, if they're aging, what the time period is. We have charts all over the place. I mean, I put, there's so many things on our walls. There's a hundred ways to figure out what's going on in our trailer. Mm, that's good. Because people read things differently too, you know. People yeah. take in information differently. So that's awesome. I've always found it was helpful to have a one-liner in scene order always on me on set. So I can see how things, what comes after each scene yeah. and what's next. And that's a lot of things I, I don't see people do. I don't know if it's an older school thing or what, but 
Yeah, I always on set have a one-liner in scene order. Yeah, well, I think that's just you keeping an eye on your continuity, isn't it? Like, I think maybe sometimes that ball gets dropped a little bit. So you know where they're coming from, where they're going to. Yes, yeah. So you can constantly keep up on that or, you know, somebody asks a question like, what did something look like? And, you know, mm. in scene five, you can say this is how it progressed or this is how it decreased, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's something that I've noticed. I know everyone's different with their continuity and takes it, you know, different levels of taking it seriously. But um, <laughs> well, I have noticed that <laughs> there is a little bit of a lack of, I don't know if, People, I mean, I know, I understand that sometimes you you do have a good memory and you do remember how something looked, but it's never a bad idea to get that continuity photo out of the folder and put it in front of you while you're working. Oh my and God, not Jamie! Be ashamed to do so because you think you might remember how something looked, but you yeah, know what? Yeah. you know, Jamie Lee, I'm, I'm jumping, I'm jumping all over you on this because. I, yeah. well, I, I am, I drive people crazy. I'm like, they're doing what they did yesterday. I'm like, where's their picture? Why aren't you looking yeah. at it? Because I can see from here that the part is different. Mm. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just put that picture in front of your face. I don't care if you've done it 40 times. Yeah. It's still, I can still see something. It might be a little bit different, you know. I mean, and, mm-hmm. and we do sometimes call it kind annuity because you do. Mm-hmm. There are times when you can't match something perfectly because something just yeah. happened. Like the weather yeah. is now 99% humidity. And the last time you shot it, it was like zero humidity. So mm-hmm. like chasing that little fuzzy wave that just appeared out of nowhere is going to happen to you. You know, you do the yeah. best you can. That's when it's another time where you work as hard as you can. You do the best you can, but you've got to get out of the shop <laughs> and let it go. Sometimes, you know, like that little wave might be driving you completely out of your mind, but the director just wants you away <laughs> and you have to let yeah. it go. So that's kind annuity and it happens. You yeah. Know? Yeah, of course. And you, you know, you do, yeah, as you say, you do the best that you can and you try and cheat, yeah. cheat it to to work but it, I always it's just like why bother taking the photos if you're not going to look at them if you're not going to use them the yeah. purpose of taking them is so you can <laughs> and they put it in the book and they never look at it again yeah it just it blows my mind but everyone you know everyone works differently but that's that's definitely what I like to see when I have a team of people with me it's just like that they've got those photos out in front of them and they're referring back to them and just being all over that and knowing as Jules was saying like where someone's come from and where they're going because if there's anything questioned on set you know and you can confidently answer that Mm -hmm. oh well in scene 25 you know this is why she's looking like this now because this happened and then it's like oh okay cool yeah let's keep going instead of fumbling around and going oh I just need to run back to the trailer and have a look at you know it's just like oh no just (laughs) have the confidence and know your continuity to kind of get get that answer out and yeah it's important it's important to also be knowledgeable and know and uh, you know you have to know your job and it's really embarrassing when someone asks you a question that 100 percent you should know the answer to and you don't know you know that you never want to be in that position i don't care what part of the film you're in i mean unless you have someone who's not sharing information with you i understand people are in a Mm-hmm. giant background situation they don't even give them scripts or schedules 
you know, they're not yeah. allowed, you know, because of the big secrecy thing. But you know, yeah. if you're in that trailer, yeah. you need to know what's going on. Even if it's not your actor, you should kind of be aware of where you're coming from and going to. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So what changes have you seen in the industry since you started, you guys? What do you think's changed a lot? Go, mm. Jules. <laughs> I think. Um, well, I, I, once again, I have to complain about the social media. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's really exploded. Phones and taking pictures. I actually had a hairdresser that felt that taking pictures with the actors was like part of continuity. And he had to make sure oh, he always got his head in there. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's one thing that on one of my films that I had the biggest challenge is people posting photos in the trailer and putting mm. them on social media. So I think that's probably what I'd say is the biggest new change. And, you know, what I'd like to see more is education. You know, I, yeah. I think a lot of people really need to learn more about the business and how it's ran and what's needed of them. And so I think education is really important. Absolutely. And I think it is a little, I guess there's a trickiness to it with knowing your place and what the positions are, because there seems to be a lot of mystery around it. It's not like it's, I don't know, it's kind of the information that is passed down from other people. And if that like mentoring or explanation of what your role is, isn't explained to you, I mean, I guess you can just be trying to make it up and figure it out yourself and can get into some bad habits. Well, yeah, I think it's important to ask. I mean, when I first started on my first film, you know, I would always ask like, you know, I know my approach to this, but would you mind showing me how you might like it done? You know, and that was a great insight, you know, letting the department head know that I have an approach, but I'm willing to learn. I'd like to see how you would do it. I mean, Mm -hmm. because learning is so, it's so important. You have to be open to it though. And I find a lot of younger kids, a lot of them don't want to learn. I mean, they want to come in being, you know, the big shot. I know everything. And there's so many ways to do one thing. It never hurts Mm -hmm. to find another way. Who knows? It might be, it might make your job faster and easier on the head of hair that you're doing, you know, cause when you're working with so many different textures, there's so many other, there's so a lot of different ways to get there and it doesn't yeah. hurt to have five ways to do it as opposed to one. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> more than one way, more than one way to skin a cat, as they say. Exactly. And I just it. think kids being more, I mean, just people in general being more open to learning and, and asking, I mean, I've never seen Gloria not show somebody something, you know, if somebody's ever approached her, she's more than willing, more than happy to go over there and, and walk them through it or help them with it, answer questions. And it's weird when people are like, oh, I didn't want to approach the department head or I didn't want to approach somebody. And it's like, but you're there. That's the whole thing of being a team. So we can be open, expressing to each other. Yeah, it is. It's mustering up that courage and confidence to just step up and be like, uh, excuse me. Hey, um, I just needed to ask you something. You know, it's like putting your hand up in class when you need help is if you don't ask, then how are you going to yeah. learn? Because people aren't going to go around and be like, is there anything you wanted me to show you? Is there anything you wanted me to show you? <laughs> you just hope that people will come to you and be like, hey, how, how do you want this done? Or how should I do this? Or I'm having trouble with this. Can you show me how you do it? I, I have to say that I do warn people there's a chance I'm going to put my hands in the hair when you start. <laughs> I mean, it's usually, it's usually, um, it's usually 
when we're established, I don't bother people. I think once they're going, except for Jules, I mean, bother Jules, but I normally don't like once they get established, I try to stay out of it. And I won't say anything in front of the actor if I want to talk to them about anything that I think might be helpful to improve it. But in the beginning, I mean, like literally there can be two or three people, you know, circling someone and and helping out. Like I will put my hands in and say, you know, mess something up. And it's just really finding, finding the look. Do you know what I mean? So I have, I, I have warned people that there's a chance I could put my hands in your hairstyle. Are you okay with that? Because I can I can explain things forever, but if I just go, let's push that that way, I can just push that that way. You know what I mean? So I, it may offend people if they're if they're sensitive, but then other people can just take it as another way and learn, or they can you know say, nope, I like that way better, and so that the actor can like go to it. You know what I mean? But I may come in there when we're trying to establish actors and do that. Yeah, I think that's something that stylists have to be open to, though. I mean, you can't right. have a, you know, you can't have a chip on your shoulder about someone, especially the designer coming in and wanting to adjust something or work with you to achieve it. It's just being open to being like, yeah, have at it. Yeah, I mean, it's also the thing that I know. I may know things you don't know yet, especially if it's um, if we're just establishing and it's test time. I may know that I've already had a two-hour discussion with the director and negotiate it which way they want someone's hair to go, actually. Do you know what I mean? I've actually had discussions on what size apart someone's hair. Do you know what I mean? I've had that yeah. discussion and I can give you the information and then if I see you doing something else, just know that I might have more information than you do about something and I'm, I'm just trying to help us get to to an end that everyone's going to be happy with. So, I mean, I sometimes get a little attitude <laughs> With that, I do try to tell them in the beginning that happens. But I mean, once they're established, then it's then it's your it's your girl. Knock yourself out. You know, go for it. You own that. You know, it's yours. But yeah, that does happen sometimes in the beginning. But Jules knows, right, Jules? Yeah. Well, you know, definitely. I mean, when I first started, because coming from print, I my hair was way too perfect, way too polished. So I would set somebody up and then I'd have to send them if Glow was already on set, send them to set and say, okay, can you put your fingers through it? And it took me, I would say a good two movies watching her actually manipulate hair. So it just didn't look done. You know, I could get that, the the shape in there and the feel in there, but she just had these fingers that just pulled here and pulled there that just made it better. And it, and it say, did. Mess it, take, it up now. Mess it mess up. It up. <laughs> and it, it took me a couple movies just really watching her. And the thing about the hair department that the department head is the designer. That's one thing people haven't been, I don't know, taught or learned or what. In costumes, you have a designer. Nobody ever questions the um, the costume designer. Nobody. I mean, even we sometimes don't, you know, question the costume designer when they come in. And the same respect should be given to your department head because she is the person or he is the person that's having all the meetings with the directors that a lot of conversations or even just a quick email from a director's assistant comes through at the 11th hour. And you don't have that information that just, you know. I don't understand why sometimes in the hair department, we question our department head because they are the designer and that's how they should be looked at. That's how I've always tried to look at my department head. They are my designer. They are the designer. 
And that's why jewels are so valuable. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, your team is helping you create that, like help your vision come to life. So it's, yeah, it's, it is. it's interesting. That, that's the part. It's not only your vision. It's not my, I mean, sometimes what I'm trying to get someone to do is it's not about me at all. It's not about me at all. And, and again, we were talking earlier about sharing information. I do share the information, but there's some things maybe I didn't get to you yet. You know, you will learn. Yeah. I mean, I will tell you, but maybe I think, oh, yeah. I mean, the director said you wanted that part on that side because he wants the other guy's hair part on the other side. You know, and you're like, I didn't mm. tell you that yet. You know, so yeah. just respect that I'm here for a reason. And it may not even be my reason. You know, there's a lot of people involved in, in this. Oh, yeah. I mean, your vision, you know, I try to get my vision and I get as much of it. But I'm going to say on any film, my max, my vision is probably like 80% at the best. Yeah. And I think through me saying that is pretty much, I mean, you are part of creating ultimately somebody else's vision. Because I mean, the yeah, well, the actor has a vision, the actor, the director, the yeah. So it's, but you have all the information to help that along to then pass on to your people, I suppose, is what that right. is, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the actor has been working on this character for a long time and they can see it in their head. They have their own, you know, physical idea of what they want. And I listen to them first. I do. I mean, I've talked mm. to the director and we've talked to the producer, but the first thing the actor does is sit in the chair and you listen to what they want. Yeah. So I try to give them what they want and then knowing in the back of my head what other voices I have to go with or, or maybe if what they want is great, and it's a whole mm-hmm. different idea. I'll present it to the director and, and whomever, and they might have a better idea, you know? Yeah. And sometimes the director really doesn't, isn't too fast. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes we're good with it. It's all according yeah. to how much the director wants that actor to say. <laughs> you know? Just let them have whatever they want. Okay, great. Yeah, I mean, as a personal, that's a whole nother ball game. You know, being a personal, that's pretty, uh, the whole thing a little different because that person seems to have a lot of power yeah so what changes have you seen in the industry Gloria I know back to the actual question (laughs) (laughs) I think I think that what Joel said is correct I think it's the the social media thing so I was thinking back when I first started and the first big show that was involved in was the Star Trek Deep Space Nine and the people Mm. I were like I was actually the younger one a new not yeah I wasn't like young but when I first Young is an early union member, you know, and I had a lot of old old school hairdressers that had been around forever on that show. I mean, that show had people that had been in the industry for a long time. They weren't those people that were on the phone. At that time, they were out smoking cigarettes. That's what they did. They took their break. Their their break was 10 minutes outside the trailer smoking while I was doing Mm -hmm. wigs, by the way, while I was working. But in smoke, Mm -hmm. I wanted to smoke just to take a break. But it was just, um, it was the social media thing. It didn't happen. It really didn't happen. I mean, that's the biggest difference, like I said. I mean, th- at that time, it would be if, if somebody wasn't paying attention, they were reading a book in a corner by the light, or they were looking yeah. at trash magazines. Yeah. You know, that's what I remember. I remember people bringing stacks of, like, People magazine and, you know, and magazines, and that's what the ladies did. They, they looked at magazines as opposed to their They're doing phone. a crossword or something. Yeah, crosswords, books, <laughs> magazines, all kinds of ways not to do your job on that. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just shifted. <laughs> um, and what, what kind of changes would you like to see? 
happen in the future? Now, I mean, like, I think it would be good to put down the phone. I remember being really impressed on a film I worked on actually in the UK where I mm. actually took a picture. There were about 15 hair, hair and makeup because they did both sitting on bleachers, looking just staring and studying the screen. I mean, just the monitor. I mean, not one person had a phone. I had to take a picture because I was so impressed that they were so focused on their own characters and their work that I did not even see a phone. It was very impressive. So I would yeah, like, nice. you know, it, it would be good to see. Not saying that I don't go on my phone sometimes because I do, but lots of times I'm actually texting with people that are working. Yeah, same. You it's know? either checking in on the emails or responding to somebody that has a question mm-hmm. about work Push stuff or what's going on yeah. in background, what's going, who's coming in next, that kind of thing does happen. So, yeah. because I remember somebody, I don't know, someone, if it was maybe a director who was losing his mind at the moment because he was stressed saying something about why are you texting? And I'm like, uh, because people are coming into the trailer right now. It'd be really cool if hairdressers were there, you know, <laughs> I'm not texting my boyfriend. Yeah, I'm not texting our hairdressers and saying, get your ass in the other trailer because we have actors coming in. That's what I'm doing. Just saying. This actually yeah. is work. So you were talking about the film that you have coming out, Gloria. Jules, what can we look forward to that you have coming up? Top Gun. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So that's exciting. So revisiting that world. How was that? It was great. Doing the haircuts was a lot of fun, you know, getting those military cuts and, and making it look current compared to the eighties. It was, it, it was a lot of, it was, it was a lot of fun and uh, had a lot of support from the director. The director was great. That's very cool. So where was that shot? That was um, shot in Los Angeles, all over all the different bases. So all over California and we went to Washington. So most of the bases, the Air Force, um, excuse me, the naval bases, we shot majority of it at all the bases, mostly San Diego. Yeah. Anything else you guys have coming out that we can look forward to? The Tomorrow War. Futuristic. The Tomorrow War? Yeah, with Chris Pratt. I was a personal on that. That was a fun, that was a fun project. We did that in Georgia. So it's a film? Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. It was supposed to come out Christmas, but I think everything moves because mm-hmm. what's going on. But yeah, originally it was Christmas. I don't know what's going to happen with it now, but it, that was a fun movie. He's a great actor to work with. He's really fun and friendly and nice and, and behaves. He, he listens. He listens. <laughs> He's an actor that makes your life easy. Like he'll sit down and he'll let you do what you have to do. Right. And he respects yeah. it. It's awesome to have an actor that really respects your craft but knows mm-hmm. that you're trying to do the best for them. Yeah. Yeah. They trust. It's trust. Yeah. It is a, an immediate, I just love. <laughs> as soon as that happens, I can, if I gauge that my cast member is just very professional and gives you mm-hmm. the time that you need and respects your craft. Yeah, and trust. I'm just like, oh, my God, I love you. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have to say, again, I'm going to say I'm very lucky because my other guy that I'm a personal to is crazy creative, comes up with crazy things, is challenging in the creative way, but knows what he wants, but will negotiate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He'll yeah. negotiate and he trusts you and, and like believes in, you know, the, the talent that hair and makeup has and you can go, he lets you go wherever you want to go. Might And then, he, you know, he'll inject what he wants to do, but that's, that's fun too. Cause the, that one, we have one actor that's, you know, mellow and just, 
what to do. And then you, I have another actor that's like involved, but in a fun way, you know, it's just crazy yeah. creative. You know, you could pull out every stuff. Yeah. You just can't do anything wrong. He'll try anything. That's cool. Which is pretty exciting and fun too. Yeah. I don't know if the, how often that really gets to happen. No, it that, doesn't. Right? It doesn't happen that often, but it's fun <laughs> what it does. That's cool. So I also wanted to ask you ladies, so you've got your entire kit with you. You're in the trailer, you're set up, but is there one tool or product that if I took it away from you, it would stress you out that day? What do you love? What What is the one thing you do not want to work without? A mini flat iron. Mini flat iron? Small flat iron. I could do anything with it. Anything. Short hair, long hair, curled, straight. You can do anything with a small flat iron. I love it. Perfect. And I like my little pocket uh, Mason Pearson brush. It's, it's the best thing to, to comb out, to make the hair really smooth when you're doing a wig wrap. I think it's like one of my most um, favorite tools that I have many of in my kit. It's your go-to. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I, I love how easily you guys answered that question. People yeah. are like, oh, my God, <laughs> I, I mean, I do need a little Mason Pearson brush too, personal size for my hand because I have small hands. But yeah. that's, that would be number two. But number one is the yeah. iron for styling, as far as styling is concerned. Well, I think if you guys are together – and just had a flat iron and, and, and a nice and I think you'd be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a, little, and a little light oil. I always have to have some kind of oil. Do you have a favorite? I, the Kerastase Oily Relax, which I think they've reworked, was my go-to because it's so light. And, mm-hmm. I mean, my trick when I was doing um, when I was doing Mad Men, you know, so much tease and hairspray mm. during the day would subject everybody to. They were really excited at the end of the day for me to oil their hair and christina Hendricks has the finest hair on earth her hair is baby baby fine and after teasing it all day and hair spraying it all day and brushing it out when i put the oily relax in it because it was so light she had this great body in her hair and it was and it brushed mm. out all the teeth it was amazing i fell in love with it so everywhere i went i had to have my light oil for besides like men's texture when you use the clays and whatever on their hair you can rework it with a little bit of oil if it gets dry you know it just mm. does everything textured hair needs it bad you know needs it a lot a lot of oil and it just it just behaves you just as long as you don't over oil their hair it's always yeah. good in in the process maybe not using it only using that but after hairspray or any other kind of product it kind of helps bring it back yeah Good for wigs, I imagine, too. Oh, yeah. Like that. On the ends, just on the ends. Life. Yeah, yeah. just on the ends of wigs, <laughs> not the roof. <laughs> what about you, Jules? Is there a product that you love? I like the Orbe Gold Lost Oil. I've been using mm-hmm. that a lot. But that and the Orbe Dry Shampoo. Is it the Dry Shampoo or the Texture Spray? Uh, dry Shampoo. They make a Dry Shampoo also oh, from yeah, the Gold good. Lost Collection. And also Mm -hmm. L'Oreal makes a dry shampoo called VIP, which is like a dry shampoo mixed with a hairspray, which is really great for roots and for, it does help put that back comb in. If you're not a strong back comber, a little bit that at the root and then start your back comb, Mm. really will lock it in and place really nicely. That's awesome. I love it. I haven't tried either of those, so nice. So um, who would you like to hear on the podcast, guys? I was actually talking to Jules about that. I'd like to, how about Kay Georgiou? She's been around forever. She's done amazing work. She does amazing work, and she kind of, like, flies under the radar most times, you know, so mm-hmm. she's really good. I like that. Jules? Paul Gooch. I 
recently had the opportunity to work with him on Black Widows when it came to the U.S. to shoot mm-hmm. and uh, department headed with him. And I just loved him. He had such great stories and great energy. So um, I'd love to hear more. So I think he would be a great one to interview. That's awesome. I agree. Yeah, yeah good ones. Those are good ones. Well, thank you, ladies, so much. What a pleasure chatting with you both. You're welcome. It was it was a lot of fun, Jamie Lee. Thanks for having us, Jamie Lee. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having us. For links to see more about our guests, go to our Instagram at The Last Looks Podcast or our website, thelastlookspodcast.com. If you want to keep up with new episodes being released, be sure to subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, YouTube, or any podcast streaming platform. And remember, if you're enjoying the show, share it. The Last Looks Podcast would like to thank Brett Stanley and Sabrina Castro. The song Fun Time by DJ Quads. Thanks for listening. Until next time. That's a wrap, people.